It's Thursday, April 14th, and we're heading out west to see what the Sparks thought of their draft and how their roster turnover from last season to this season is going to impact their on-court performance. This is Locked On Women's Basketball. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, and hello and welcome. This is Alex Simon making a spot start here in the host chair for Howard Megdal, but don't worry, he will be back tomorrow here on Friday. But this is Thursday, and joining us today from the next, it's David Yapkowitz from our L.A. Bureau that we have here at the next because it is a bureau with David there. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm doing good, doing good. So obviously the Sparks came into this specific draft having already traded out of their own pick coming in, but they were in the first round at nine. What did you kind of assess from where they were and what they ended up doing in, especially in that first round of the draft? Um, you know, they, they ended up taking, you know, as we know now, Ray Burrell. Um, with the ninth pick and uh, in a call uh, after the draft, um, Derek Fisher uh, GM and head coach was mentioning that, you know, she was a player that they were really high on and had been for a while. And that he felt that she was probably going to be off that, that up until I think it was, you know, right before the draft, they really felt, he said, they really felt that she was going to be gone by the ninth pick. And that the fact that she fell to that she was available to them, um, at nine, um, they feel really thrilled to have gotten a player of her caliber. Um, and I think, you know, there she's going to have every uh, opportunity to, to try and crack that roster this season. Now, I did find it very interesting in reading your piece off of the draft that Derek seemed to make it very clear. We are carrying 12 people on this roster. They have set it up. Why do you think that maybe this pick kind of how can Ray Burrell fit into that 12 kind of as their cap is structured in the way that things are set up for the Sparks? Um, yeah, yeah. She definitely has a chance to, to fit in uh, as, you know, one of the last players to um, make the roster out of camp. Um, the Sparks, I think it's, it's no secret that that last year, you know, they struggled quite, quite uh, mightily on the offensive end. And she's definitely somebody that can come in and, and help contribute and bring some scoring on the perimeter. Um, you know, she's able to get to the rim and, and finish uh, at the, in the paint there. Um, you know, she's, she's just a really a, a strong scoring all around scorer. And, um, you know, I think we've seen the past couple of seasons last year with uh, Arella Girantes, um, the year before that with Taya Cooper in the bubble that, you know, Derek Fisher's a coach that will play his rookies. Um, you know, it's not um, they they it's it's not one of those situations where, you know, they've they've I mean, yeah, they got to come along and, and learn the WNBA, but he's not afraid to play them right away. Um, so if she does end up making and like I said, you know, I believe um, especially with them carrying the saying that they're going to carry the full max of 12 players once the season begins. Um, if uh, she is on the roster um, at that point that, 
you know, she's, she can really help them this season. And, and Derek Fisher's definitely one of those coaches that, you know, if, if he feels that, that she can help right away as a rookie, he's definitely going to play her, you know, he'll, he'll throw her out there and she'll, she'll get, you know, reps right from the get go. Now, obviously Ray Burrell in the first round pick is the big name out of the night for the Sparks, but they did have three other selections and they all seemed a little bit intriguing, at least to you in particular, and I'm intrigued by them too. What kind of can you tell us about their three later picks and what they might be able to bring into training camp, if not to the roster? Yeah, yeah. Each of them brings something um, a little bit different, you know, that uh, definitely can help the Sparks in some way. Um uh, Fisher was mentioning uh, about uh, Kiana Smith, their first uh, second round pick that, you know, they they looked at her in terms of, you know, what she could do uh, aside from just scoring that um, she's she's a playmaker. Um, you know, she can have she can handle the ball. Um, she can pass well. And that uh, he did mention that she um, played off the ball. Um, quite a bit at Louisville, but that she's played point guard before and that he thinks, you know, that's, that's one of the areas that um, a lot of people don't haven't really seen yet is her ability to play the point and to be that playmaker. Um, they, they do have a lot of guards on their roster as it stands. Um, but, you know, she's, she's definitely somebody that can be, you know, that ball handler, that facilitator. Um, and especially, I think it's noteworthy to bring up Kiana Smith is a Southern California native, she is. if I'm not mistaken, a Riverside kid who grew up in Riverside, went to high school, I believe, in Fullerton as well, and originally was committed and played at Cal under the now USC coach, Lindsey Gottlieb, but then ended up transferring to Louisville. Right, right. Yeah, she is. She is a local player, uh, a local kid. Um, and so that that definitely brings, you know, a little bit of uh, background to her there. Um, but she's yeah she's she's definitely somebody that they what they really liked most about her you know according to fisher was just her ability to be a a facilitator a a playmaker obviously with their next pick they took somebody who a lot of us got to watch a lot here between march and april and yukon forward olivia nelson adota what did you kind of take away from the selection of nelson adota and kind of where she's going to fit into this training camp you know, she's interesting because she's a little bit versatile in that, you know, she's a big and she obviously can play in the paint, but she can also uh, face up and and shoot that jumper. And she has a, a nice ability in the high post to, you know, find open teammates um, with some of her vision there. And so um, she's definitely somebody that that can help in terms of. Um, you know, interior play, uh, that's something too, that, um, especially on the glass, you know, that's one thing that they had issues with last season too, was rebounding. Um, and she's definitely somebody that can help in that aspect. Um, and one of the things they were met that Fisher mentioned was that they really like her ability to, they, they like the fact that she played at UConn in a system that, you know, a high level system, and that she's been to consecutive final fours and that that's something, you know, that off the court, you know, regardless of, of her skill, that's something they really valued was the fact that she came from a winning program like that, that she played in, in the type of offensive system that, that um, stresses uh, ball movement 
and and team play. And so that that's something that they're they're really intrigued about that they really like is is that you know she comes from such a high a high program a, a, a top notch program. That UConn program, they sound like they've done okay recently. Maybe I should check them out every now and then. Who knows? Yeah, right? right? I guess so. And finally, I mean, look, it's 2022. If you if you don't have somebody shooting threes, something's wrong with your offense. And it seems like Amy Atwell, their third round pick, is at least going to be able to come in and then get a chance to shoot the lights out, just like she was doing last year at Hawaii. Yeah, you know, I think she's a really intriguing player. Um, and Honestly, you know, to, to be honest with, with being a, a third round pick there, I think, you know, she just really has long odds to, to make the roster. Um, but that's not to say, you know, that somewhere down the line, eventually, you know, she can make a WNBA roster, but, you know, I'm just really intrigued by her. She's a player that I'm really familiar with, um, with covering the big West um, out here on the West coast. And um, just watching her at Hawaii um, the past five years that she's been there, she's really transformed herself into a a real versatile all-around offensive threat. Um, When she was a freshman at Hawaii, um, she was always a a good three-point shooter. Um, And I actually spoke with her uh, right before the tournament began when Hawaii had won the Big West Championship. And she had mentioned to me that she knew – that as she went through college, she wasn't going to be able to be just a three-point shooter, just a big that can space the floor. She had to be able to do other things as well. And so she's really worked on that ability to, she can actually kind of put the ball on the floor a little bit, make plays off the dribble, get herself to the rim. Um, And she did mention as well that, you know, she always thought that she was after college, she was going to go back home to Australia and play professionally there. Um, but with the season she had this past year, the WNBA just kind of really became uh, a legit option for her. And so, you know, it was kind of nice to actually see that pay off and to see her get drafted. Um, and, you know, Fisher mentioned that uh, sometimes, you know, the, the WNBA dream does come later uh, for certain players um, like that. And that he's, he's really confident in that, um, she'll be able to at least bring something to a value to, to training camp and, and push other players in camp. Now, before we get into training camp, I want to take some time quickly to talk about Built Bar. Now, most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a normal candy bar. Those typically have around 240 calories. So you're looking at about half the calories. 30 grams of sugar. We're looking at so many less grams of sugar, 30 to four and dozens of net carbs compared to four. And also at Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste absolutely delicious, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I honestly, I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off of your order. Thanks to us here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com built bar. Tell them grandma Myrna sent you now to go back to training camp. We really are going to look at a sparks roster that is entirely and completely different from the roster that you got to watch a lot of last year, Dave. I mean, I was looking at it and just out of the 32 game players, players who played in every game of the season, for the Los Angeles Sparks last year that I had available, I believe I only count one player who is still with the Sparks in Brittany Scott Sykes. 
Yeah, you know, it, they they had a really busy off season. Um, you know, one that they kind of, um, I mean, I, I would have to say it wasn't expected. You know, at the once 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 we headed into the off season, but they were able to you know pull off a couple moves here and there. Um, you know, one sending Gabby Williams up to Seattle, who you know never suited up for them at all. Um, to to free up a little bit of cap space there to sign a max level free agent. And that also got them the draft pick that they took right. Burrell at as well, let alone also Katie Lou Samuelson, who we can get to in a minute. Yeah, and so they, they really overhauled their roster a little bit. Um, and, and by the way, you mentioned that without mentioning maybe the biggest overhaul of them all, which is the first bringing in Kennedy Carter in a big trade with the Atlanta Dream where they sent away next year's first round pick to Atlanta and also Erica Wheeler, who was a key player and really one of their best players last season. She really was, you know, if I I would say that Erica Wheeler was probably their most consistent player last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And she did have an outside case, uh, maybe not, not so strong, but an outside shot at, at a possible all-star spot, you know? Um, But she, she definitely grew as a leader um, on the court. And that's some, I mean, they, they will miss that, but um, when you have the opportunity to get a talent like Kennedy Carter, um, to me, that's that's kind of like a no brainer there. Um, and I would think that, you know, there's no they did trade away their pick for next year. But, you know, there's there's no guarantee uh, in the draft, I, I think, you know, and I, I'd say that there's no guarantee that you end up with a player as good as her, you know, as, as what we've seen from her so far. And- um And I think if you look at the Sparks, they haven't been afraid under Derek Fisher to make some of these trades. Now, you can look at what happened in 2021, where they did make that trade of their first round pick to kind of shuffle and get a few more picks in the 2021 draft. But they sent away their 2022 first round pick to Dallas and then missed the playoffs. So they've now taken this risk two years in a row where they've sent away their first round pick without any protection on it for the lottery or, or anything of the sort. And we'll basically, it seems like that means, hey, we're, we're pushing not just for a playoff, we're pushing for a deep run in the playoffs. Is that how you interpret that as well? I, I believe so. And and I think this season is is really the the kind of make or break season. Um, I know there's there's been a lot of chatter, you know, about Derek Fisher as a head coach um, ever since the Sparks hired him. But if we look back on his tenure a little bit, um, you know, 2019, um, that was his, we can chalk that up to, okay, maybe that's, that's his first year with the group. Um, you know, people are kind of getting used to, to roles and things like that. Um, we take a look at the following year, 2020 in the bubble. Um, you know, that was just kind of a weird year altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go back to this past season, 2021, where, you know, you lose, uh, Candace Parker, you lose Chelsea Gray, you lose Raquana Williams, um, three real key pieces um, from the team before. And, um, you know, the team just went through, uh, you know, there were a lot of injuries, players in and out of the lineup last season. Um, so, I mean, we, we can say what we want about Fisher as a head coach, but I just kind of feel like the past three seasons were just, you know, there were, there were kind of little things here and there that may have derailed stuff a little bit, but I would say that this season is, is really kind of like the make or break year. Um, You know, with the moves that they've made, they're really signaling that, Hey, we're, we're going all in on, on not just, yeah, not just making the playoffs, but, but we kind of expect a a deep postseason run here. 
and not just if you look at that, you can also look at their contract situations and using the wonderful database for WNBA salaries at herhoopstats.com. All of these players will be unrestricted free agents after this season. Neka Agumake, Chenea Agumake, Christy Tolliver, Amanda Zowie Sykes, Jordan Canada. Oh yeah, and also this player they added in the offseason we haven't mentioned yet, Liz Cambage. I feel like that's your top seven players who are in terms of your salary. All are only signed for one year and all can leave without anything, any way for the Sparks to keep them other than one player getting court. That seems like a team that's pushing all of their chips into the same table and really into the pot here to go all in on this season. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's that's really a key reason why, you know, they they really need to have a strong season because you have all of those key players that could potentially leave uh, next offseason. Um and so uh, we'll, you know, we'll see how, how those pieces fit. You know, I think it's, it's still, it's, it's kind of early. We'll, we'll see what camp looks like, what preseason looks like, but no, they've, they've definitely made it clear that, you know, this, this season, they, they expect some, they have some pretty high expectations, you know, that they, they expect some big things. Now, four of those names that I mentioned already, Cambage, Zowie B, and both of the Okuma case play the same position. And it seems difficult to find ways to get three of them on the floor. You obviously aren't going to try to maybe get all four on the floor. But would you say maybe figuring out the post rotation or even just kind of the glut in the post on their roster is maybe the biggest question that the Sparks are going to have to answer during training camp? That, that's definitely going to be um, a question there to see how that all works. Um, it's kind of similar a little bit to Fisher's first year um, when uh, Candace Parker was still here. And when they first picked up uh, Shanae Um, you know, he's, he's a, a coach that's uh, as we've seen the past couple of years, you know, he's not afraid to tinker with lineups here or there, you know, he's not afraid to, to throw out some unconventional lineups, so to speak. Uh, his first year of 2019, um, his initial starting lineup featured both Shanae and NECA and Candace Parker. You it know? was a, it was a forest type of lineup, yeah. of how tall it was all across the court. And you know, that, that lineup didn't quite work out so much. Um, and Shanae ended up coming off the bench. Um, but you know, he's, he's definitely a coach that's not afraid to try different things, you know, so we may see some interesting pairings at times. Um, last season, you know, I thought the pairing between uh, NECA and Amanda Zowie B really worked well. You know, they had some really good chemistry there. Um, both of them are able to play in the high post. They fit, they fed off each other well, you know, looking for each other under the basket. And, um, you know, with Amanda's ability to stretch the floor, um, her being, you know, one of their most consistent three-point shooters last season, I really did like that pairing. I think, you know, we saw some good things out of there. Um exactly. And Zowie B has become a very elite level three-point shooter yeah. out of all the centers in the WNBA. And Liz Cambage comes into this team with a very good outside shooting ability, either from the mid-range, even the deep mid-range, and from three-point range. For a center, they do have two players in Zowie B and Cambage who can shoot the ball pretty well from the outside. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think Liz Liz brings a lot offensively that they Maybe I think, didn't you, I think you could also just say Liz brings a lot, period. And yeah, period. There. But yes, on the offensive end, for sure. And look, this is a team that in the true talent sense, maybe has some of the most talent across the board in the entire WNBA. 
And if you happen to believe in that talent and think you want to put your money where that belief is, you should head over to betonline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You, we got the NBA playoffs starting. The Major League Baseball season just got underway. You can find all of the latest developments, league reviews, and news there. And what we love at Locked On Women's Basketball is they even have WNBA odds. Now, David, the Sparks aren't necessarily considered a favorite on BetOnline, but if you wanted to think that they are going to put everything together this season and make that title run, you can get some fantastic odds. Right now I'm seeing plus 3,300 odds. That means if you bet $100, you could win $3,300 back if you think the Sparks are going to go all the way and take the title this year. Make sure you head to betonline.net to check these out. Bet online where the game starts. And to ask, to go off of that, Dave, what would have to happen for things to go right for the Sparks this season? What do you think is the most important key for that to happen? I think, you know, these, these pieces, we just, they just have to fit, you know, they have to, Fisher's got to find a way, you know, to, to get maximize um, each player, his roster's talent, maximize their strengths. And um, that's, that's where I think this season is really going to be. We're, we're really, we're really going to see Fisher as a coach, you know, because I, I feel like the pieces are there. Um, with the moves that they've made now, you know, the, the, the roster is there, you know, this is a very talented roster. Um, and now it's, it's going to be up to Fisher to, to get it all to work, um, to make sure that to, you know, like I said, maximize this team's, this team's talent. And, you know, they, I, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say, you know, this, this team can be, uh, uh, you know, legit championship contender, um, I think mm-hmm. definitely there's a couple teams still out West that, that, you know, are going to be in the mix there. Um, but you know, this, this is a really talented team, um, you know, from top to bottom. And I think if you, if you see kind of the forest through the trees of it and kind of just look at the talent, you can say, wow, they've gathered some pretty amazing players together who all do some great things. You can only play five of them at a time, though, and there is only one basketball. And finding how you take two players who maybe left their previous places with not the best situations and were maybe welcome to be leaving, and obviously Atlanta traded Kennedy Carter away. Vegas did not bring Liz Cambage back, and Liz actually took less money to come to L.A. You would wonder, with bringing those two into a locker room here, how is LA going to make that chemistry work? Is that something that you think is the number one question coming into this season? There, there certainly are a couple of personalities in the locker room this season. Um, so, you know, that's, that's obviously too going to be one of Fisher's job is, is managing those personalities um, and getting that to work. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's, that's definitely um, a, a valid question as to, you know, how, how those those personalities are going to fit. Um, I think they they kind of have a strong locker room, or at least you know last season I believe they did. Um, Neca, you know, I I think she's she's definitely one of the the top you know leaders in in the league, and we've seen that you know not just on the court but you know off the court as well, um, big time. Yeah, 
and you know and and Shanae too um you know Shanae hasn't played as much as as she would have liked you know as, as she's mentioned before with some of the nagging injuries that she still had but you know from hearing her speak and talking with her you know she's also a, a big factor in that locker room in terms of leadership so you know I and and Christy Tolliver as well um, so I think they have some strong leadership there um, that can kind of corral some of these personalities here. And then, you know, with, with Liz and, and Kennedy, I think they really have something, especially in, in Kennedy Carter's um, situation that she really has something to prove, mm-hmm. um, you know, with everything that went down in Atlanta last season that, you know, this is, this is kind of like her season, her bounce back, you know, to, to go out there and, and remind everybody who she is. And um, I think, you know, that's, that's with, with some of the vets that they've got around her um, that this, this is, this might be a good situation for her. You know, this, this is, this is um, going to be a, a real opportunity for her to, to really show you know, the world again that, Hey, you know, yeah, look, look, you remember who I am, you know? And so I, I think, you know, that there's, there, there are the pieces there, the locker room piece, obviously, you know, yeah, that that's going to be a question as to, you know, the personalities there, but you know, there, I think that the locker room is there to really make this work. And they've pushed all of their chips into the table on it working. And that's kind of the duality of the Los Angeles sparks this season to me. And I would love to see if you agree is, they have taken some big risks. They've changed some things. They're going to try this out. But in taking those risks, they have really have pushed the chips into the table on 2022. And if it doesn't work, a lot of things probably end up changing this season, wouldn't they? Definitely. Yeah, I would agree. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time. Let the people know where they can find you on social media and where they can find your work. Um, yeah, you can find me on, on Twitter. I'm usually really active on there at, at Dave underscore Yapkowitz. Um, and then you can find all, all my sparks, uh, work this up, up this upcoming season, uh, on the next. And I'm Alex Simon. You can find me at Alex Simon sports with the Bay area news group, taking a little pinch hit day here for Howard Mangle. He'll be back tomorrow. Thank you all for joining us here on locked on women's basketball. Enjoy your Thursday.